I had one guy that rescued a baby possum that was clinging to a Whataburger cup. I think we made a joke about like you can tell when a possum's from Texas because uh, you wouldn't let go of the Whataburger. Hey, welcome to Rec Reflect. Today we have Ann Beck, who's the marketing and communications manager for Mansfield Parks and Rec. And gives advice on how marketing can help your parks and recreation department and creating your brand and getting your events out there. We drift to talking about how we can be authentic in everything we do. And even gives us some juicy stories of our old journalism days. Stay tuned. <laughs> Enjoy. Did y'all see the press conference? Oh yeah, we're we're good to do whatever we want now, right? Yeah, just COVID's forget over. whatever you have. We cured COVID. It never it's happened. Totally good. It's totally good. What what press conference are we talking about? Oh, Abbott just put us to hundred percent and no masks. Oh, okay. <laughs> like COVID never even happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all good. It's March. It just reset. Oh, and. Okay. I have I have two starter questions that are nothing about recreation. Okay, to your left, is that a red gumby or an an inflatable arm? No, it's an inflatable little guy. Do you turn yeah. it on? Can it do? I do. Right now, he's actually pinned to my board so that he stays up. But um, hold on a second. I have I have another one. This one is three feet tall. There we go. Oh my god. Yeah, that one. So that you one. have two wacky inflatable arm guys. I do. That is all. Right. So cute. Uh, so far, you are my favorite guest because you have those things. Also, oh well, wait. Let me show you this. So we, uh, the reason I have those guys, we um, we're doing a campaign this year for uh, 2021. Um, that uh, you know, 2021 is time for fun, basically, because it rhymes, right? So that's why we have the little wacky arm guy. So we have like these little stickers that I made up. See this. You deserve a Aww. high five. Good. And then there's there's a couple of them. Let's see. Oh, that's a good one. Just says woohoo. Right? <laughs> um, Love it. And I have these tickets that our park staff has. Um, and so they, it's like uh, you've been caught like having fun, wearing a helmet, um, smiling at a stranger, yielding the sidewalk, laughing, whatever. So they can give people tickets for good behavior, basically. Um, oh, that is such a cool idea. Yes, real cute, real cute. So um, so that's why I have all the little guys, because they just make you happy. You cannot be happy looking at this. But the idea of like, hey, let's give tickets to reward good behavior. Where did it originate from? That's so unique. That's so cool. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, um, I just, I think we were just, we were just trying to have fun with it. So, uh, I mean, I think you know, getting caught being good is kind of an expression that, you know, teachers will use and, and that kind of thing. So I'm sure it's not original to me, but um, a, a big part of it, we had a, I had a video, um, I can send you guys the link, but we did a little video to kick it off that was basically like um, 2020 sucked, right? And so, uh, so we basically said 2020 was a loser, um, but now it's 2021 with W-O-N, right? So like now we're all winners. So we're like celebrating little wins and, you know, making fun out of every day and, you know, that kind of thing. And so, um, so then we have different things going on throughout the year that are all tied into that, just trying to kind of um, bring the fun and, you know, bring a little joy back into people's lives. Because I mean, honestly, like what are parks for if not to be fun, right? That's what I've been saying for a while. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. That's why I do this. So, you know, there's no reason I would go over and like work at the water department. Like, 
Yuck. Oh, wow. Right? Shots fired. <laughs> okay, but really, nobody's ever excited to talk to the water department. Nobody's ever like, oh my God, our water department is great, right? Oh. It's just my water bills are too high. The city is scamming us. It's broken. Yeah. Like, everybody hates water, right? Three weeks ago in San Angelo, where I'm at, mm -hmm. uh, they had to essentially, on, I think that Monday night, we got put on a boil notice. And then the water was like, hey, don't even use the water at all. You can't, like, there's poison in the water. Cool. And then there was they poison in the water hole. Hey. And then the next week, we got the ice storm. Right. Water for six days. Yeah, we, we had the bad ice storm. Mansfield, for some reason, oh, they have, like, their own treatment plan or something. So our one little city was, like, one of the only in the whole Metroplex that did not have a boil order. Um, so that was great. But we didn't have power, so it's not like you can do a whole lot with it. But. <laughs> Wait, and you work for Mansfield Park Recreation? I do. Do you know Chris Adolph? I do. Yes. That's my boy. Oh, really? Some Will from golf says, "What's up?" Okay, I will do Next that. Let me see him. I, I just totally ran. He, we went to do the uh, the Traps Golf North Tournament last year. Oh, uh huh. And it was it was me and my three buddies, or my two buddies. And we were like, we'll just go to the three of us and we'll get randomly paired up with some some jerk probably. Yeah. Uh, and we got yeah. we got randomly yeah, we got randomly paired up with Chris. And it was just the most fun. And he's just like the best guy I've ever met. And I, yeah. I love him to death already. And so next time you see him, say we'll something also good stuff. I will. He he's a lot of fun. We're really lucky. A lot of our park guys are really, really fun. Um, which helps me because stuff like the the tickets, you know, I, I am quite often asking them to be a little silly um yeah. but um but i think you know that's that's part of the job again you know why are they in this if not to have fun so um so yeah Absolutely. it works out really well but we have one guy who um he, he had told me just in passing about how he'd been um going through in the morning they do like playground inspections you know and so they go through make sure everything you know nothing's broken there's nothing sticking out whatever i don't actually know what a playground inspection is i'll be honest but they're inspecting the playgrounds um and that he was coming down off of one of the equipment and instead of going down the stairs decided to go through the tube and it's this one playground that is right next to a middle school and we always have issues with that playground and the middle schoolers in the morning because middle schoolers so you know they like to like burn stuff and you know climb on things and as, as want to do in middle school um so he actually got stuck in the tube like coming down the slide <laughs> and uh and was like calling to them and they were just laughing and taking videos and, and everything yes so uh so of course it was a hilarious story and then i came back the next day and we uh filmed a video i could send you that link too <laughs> So we yeah, took the video was like super dramatic, you know, like real slow motion, you know, it got stuck in the, like it was Dateline NBC or something. It was hilarious. This is a this is a random question, but I saw Chris shared something recently on Facebook of like you maybe you're one of your maintenance lead guys doing something kind of big for the community. Is that um we had one of our guys actually save somebody's life. Um that, so okay. Um, yeah, I'm sure that that's what it was. He um, he was out working on one of our sort of random part. You know, we have some that are not really busy, um, but he's actually the lead over athletic fields. I don't know how everybody divides it up, but we have crews that just do fields. So that park is really just a little neighborhood park, but it happens to have one baseball field. So um, so our uh, staff member Heath, what is his name? And he's been with the city for. 25 years, maybe more, a long time. Um, and he just happened to pull into that um, that park 
And shortly after he did, you know, there's a, no, I take the back. He pulled in and the guy was already there. He noticed a car down by the field, which is kind of further down the thing. Um, and it was actually like sort of in, like it had knocked, knocked out a sign and it was kind of up on the curb. Um, and so he went down to see what it was and it was a man having a stroke. Um, oh, no. So, yeah, so he was able to, he called 911 and they kind of walked him through a lot of the things, um, you know, like the stroke protocol where it's, you know, lift your arm, do the, you know, some sort of things that they need that the 911 operators explained to us was really, it's really helpful to keep them from, you know, and it's not like when you have a seizure, you know, you don't swallow your tongue, but stuff like that, that they want yeah. you to do. And then also it gets them medical information so that they know like, you know, what, what he's able to do and, and status and, and that kind of thing. Um, and then stayed with him until the uh, ambulance came and got him. So again, we did a, we did a fun little video um, about that. The guy was with the guy, We didn't even know about it. Of course, that's one of those things, you know, as all of our bird guys, I swear, they're so great, but they, it's taken me a really long time to train them, um, like what makes a great story. Um, so I'm like, guys, I, I had one guy that rescued a baby possum that was clinging to a Whataburger cup. Thankfully, this is one that I have trained and he took a really good picture for me. So that, that was a really good post. I mean, again, it's super simple. It's nothing, but, um, but you know, that's, that's a really funny post, you know, because Obviously, that's, I think we made a joke about like you can tell when a possum's from Texas because uh, you wouldn't let go of the water burger. Yes. But uh, the water burger, right? Yeah, he was in the trash can and he went in for the water burger and couldn't get out, and so oh. our guy rescued him. Um, but anyway, so he didn't tell anybody. He didn't tell his boss. He didn't tell anybody. He just went back to work as uh, as he was doing, and then um, the man, like a week or two later, called the department looking for him because I guess he got his name from the the um, EMS officers told him. And so he called, but he just called and left a message asking to speak to Heath, who doesn't have like an office. So it was kind of that message was kind of getting bounced around a little bit. Um, and then we ended up getting an email from the uh, 911 operator who said uh, that he was going through in just regular quality control checks and, um, and listening to calls and that he heard this one and that uh, he just wanted to tell our bosses, what a great job he did and how important that was and all of that. So, um, so then we were like, dude, what the hell? <laughs> well, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> on this. We were like, what happened? Okay. And so, yeah. So then he told us and then, um, and the, um, the 911 operator had included the man's name. And so then we were like, oh, that's the mess, the message that you were supposed to be calling that guy back. And so we ended up connecting them. And so I, that's why I got the video was, um, them meeting for the first time since then and we even got like a little bit of the 911 call and stuff in it so it was really fun all right and so uh what is your specific title at mansfield marketing i am yes marketing and communications manager so marketing. i bring the fun <laughs> tell us a little about a little bit about what you do over there okay so um well with marketing communications obviously i'm creating uh, promotions. So whether it's, you know, a class that we're promoting or a special event or um, just general park promotions, you know, come to the park kind of thing like that. So, um, so there's a lot of creating that. Um, it's pretty much, it's a lot more um, than, you know, everybody kind of does the, you know, it's kind of like you would say a landscape check, like mows the lawn and really they do a million other things besides that. Um, so everybody kind of thinks I run Facebook, which I totally do. I, I run the Facebook, um, but you know, but there's a lot, a lot more to it. Um, a, a big part of it is really just um, kind of trying to um, present the department in a good light uh, to, to be the connection between all the staff and all the events and all the facilities and the community. 
you know, so it's, um, it's not, not that I'm personally the face, but I'm certainly the voice. So it's making sure everybody knows what's going on, um, making sure we can help when people need it, um, just anything and everything relating to our image in the community. So sometimes that's internal stuff, you know, um, like putting together presentations and whatnot that we're doing. Um, and um, sometimes it's internal just within our department, just kind of keeping um, the morale up and keeping everybody communicating and whatnot, not just with me, like I said, I need them to communicate with me so that they give me all the good stories. Um, but but just kind of keeping everybody um, everybody on the same page and everything. There's um, there's really a lot of really great research um, about marketing in the new world, whatnot. You know, in today's age, um, that really, I mean, it, you know, it's one of those things that totally is common sense and it really is very duh when you hear it. But but you kind of don't think about it that um, that really like marketing is not an ad, you know, or a post. Um, marketing is any interaction with that company. So I always use the example, like if you go to a restaurant, um, you know, the marketing of that restaurant is not the, um, you know, their sign out front or the ad that you saw on Facebook for that restaurant, but it's when you walk in the door, you know, it's the, what does it look like on the outside? What is the, the menu, you know, is, is the menu sticky? Like that's bad marketing for them. You know, how does, how does the staff treat you? How is the food, you know, the quality of the food is it? you know, your experience getting there, just your whole experience finding the restaurant, like, and not even just like, do they have a Instagram page that looks like fun, but like, if you Google it, can you find it? You know, are the hours correct? Are, you know, anything like that. Um, and you know, every part of your interaction with the place is all part of marketing. So it's not just, um, so it's, you know, putting a face on the department and also helping the public to see that they really are trained experts in their field. You know, they know what they're doing. So um, as a brand, it really elevates the whole department. Um, but also, it, you know, it helps build that bond with the community. Um, and really that's, that's such a big thing. You know, you want everybody to feel really loyal and we're very lucky. Every, every survey that's been done, every, everything, when people say, you know, why do you live in Mansfield? What's the best part about living in Mansfield? It's always the schools and the parks. Um, now, do you come from more of a marketing communications background or do you come from more of like a parks and recreation background and you do marketing? Um, more marketing communications. Um, actually, I have a degree in journalism. So I worked in TV news for 10 years. Um, and then I uh, started doing, I had actually, I'd done a lot of photography um, just my whole life. Um, and so I had started doing some freelance photography while I was with the station and then started doing that full time. So I left the station and I was doing photography full time. Um, and I worked with a lot of corporate clients, um, like, you know, hospitals and businesses and whatnot. Um, and this was, I mean, I'm a little older than you, so so this was. Uh, you look wonderful. I get <laughs> you're very sweet. Very sweet. Um, but uh, so this was when you know internet was really like like I was setting up websites for companies that had never had websites and social media accounts right. that had never had social media. So um, it started because of the the photography that they needed pictures for the website, but then I also ended up doing the logo and setting up the site, you know, and kind of helping them get started with all of that. Um, and I, I did a double major in marketing um, just because I was interested in it, but I had always only planned on doing the journalism. Um, but then, like I said, I was just sort of doing it by default and then, um, and then doing more and more. So I just did a lot of um, photography and then marketing consulting. Um, and then about six years ago, I came here um, to do this full time. So my, I mean, you know, the, 
the short answer is obviously that I um, had children. And so I doing the consulting was a lot easier to do with little ones at home because I could you know make my own schedule a little better. Um, right. So so I was doing that. And then now they're they're all big and they don't need me anymore. So <laughs> um, no but way. no way. I, you had, big kids, you know? I, I was uh, seriously guess like maybe 32. It's Zoom. I'm well, like I said, I have a background in photography, so I've got like the, go. and the lighting and all that. Um, nice. I have three girls. They are 16, 19, and 23. So wow, I know. Awesome. Like I said, I'm very old. Uh, <laughs> but um, but yes, yeah, so, I'm also I'm I'm 63. I should probably just okay. Then we're good. Yeah. I mean, it came in handy when I needed the COVID shot, right? Because I was in the um, yes. <laughs> Let me, let me ask you this question, a fun question for you. What is, or if you can, what is the craziest journalism story you, you've ever covered? Covered? Cra- uh, yeah, craziest TV yeah. story. Um, oh, okay. I know one. Um, actually, it ended up being a, um, a uh, what do you call it, Law and Order episode. You know how they always do the rip from the headlines kind of thing? Um, so I actually, I, I was an assignments editor. So uh, my primary job was listening to the police scanners. And so then, um, so I would just, yeah, so listen to the scanners and then send people out on the stories. So, and then we like managed the calendar too, to know what was going on and decided what stories we would assign to the reporters. That makes sense. Um, so, uh, so I didn't actually have to like go in the field and cover them, but we were back at the station, listening to it, figuring out what was going on, making all the calls behind the scenes, setting stuff up, that kind of thing. So there was a story and it was a, um, was it? Oh, a body was found in a park. Um, just random body. It had been burned, um, but just kind of out in the middle of the park. Um, but it was a homeless man. And it was kind of one of those, like a body was found in a Fort Worth park and nobody really did anything with it. Um, and it just kind of died. Um, and then like three months later in almost the exact same spot, about a hundred yards away, a car was found on fire in the same park. Mm-hmm. And they were like, that's weird, but it's not a great part of town. It's Fort Worth. And so they're like, mm, kind of sketchy, probably was stolen, whatever. So they um, they run the plates on the car. It was this woman's car. And she was like, oh, yeah, um, it was stolen, but I never reported it. And so they were like, mm, that's kind of weird. Like, you just haven't had a car for months and you shouldn't report, you know, so they, so yeah, they run, no like, deal. yeah, right. So they, they're running all like the crime scene, whatever tests on the car and there's blood that they can identify still through the fire. Um, and the blood comes back to a random unidentified kit set of blood that's in uh, their database, which is from the homeless man who was burned in the same spot a few months earlier. Um, and they ended up really long story short, getting between her and her boyfriend and her boyfriend's friend, getting them to confess that she had driven home drunk, hit him while driving. And he, and she came home with him. She just kept driving. He was stuck in her windshield and she just kept driving home mm-hmm. because uh, she, time out, time out. Uh-huh. no, I know. I told you it was a good story. The, the guy's like sitting on the top of his hood. His head was like like on the floorboard and his feet were on the hood of the car. He was half in, half out of the car. So there's no way you could not know it. Oh, no. She knew it. She didn't want to call 911 because she was drunk. Right. And so she came home, pulls her car into the garage, right? Parks the car, calls her boyfriend and is like, what do I do? I killed this man. He's stuck in my car. 
And, um, and they were like, well, we'll, um, we'll just get rid of the body. Right. And so the boyfriend comes over a couple hours later, they go in the garage. He's not dead. Okay. He's like moaning. No. Three days they left him in the garage and would just go check on him every couple days or every, you know, a couple hours to see if he was dead yet. Yes, I know. And then when he was finally dead, when he was finally dead, then they took him and they just burned him. And then they left the car there in the garage because they didn't want to burn it all at once because then it would come back to her. So they thought they were being real smart and they were not. Isn't that terrible? That okay, that's a very sad story, poor guy. <laughs> but I'm just gonna like make one joke about it. What do you think the chances are that when he so you say he went through his her windshield? Yeah, like his head was on the floorboard. They know because well, obviously because they confessed, but also like the blood was all pooled up like in the passenger's foot area. Ooh, what what do you think the chances are that she turned her windshield wipers off just to like <laughs> entire body sticking out of the glass yeah i don't think that would work yeah but like i said they made a law and order episode out of it because it was very it was very wild wow well that is definitely very wild uh so we'll have to make that hard decision do we want this to be in the episode you were you were gone we were just killing time yeah no i was like no this is 100 percent going in the episode yeah oh no I'm sure I have better How things. How can we not? <laughs> that was fantastic. I, I mean, mean, I guess How long ago was that? in a park, but... Um... <laughs> Is that what inspired you to get in a park? <laughs> yes, exactly, yeah. Um, no, let's see. That would have been like... Probably like 2000, maybe. 2002. Uh, sometime in that time. Like, <laughs> yes, yes. That's yeah. wild. I know. So what is it like managing people in parks and recreation and marketing versus like doing the TV journalism. What was the differences you see on doing that with, with, with parks and recreation? Right. Um, you know, well, I will say this. I mean, I, again, it, I, I left TV news in 2005, which was almost an entirely different world. I have a lot of friends that are still in the business. Um, but I mean, we would, if you had a live shot, you'd send a reporter and a photographer, the camera guy, and a live truck, a physical truck that would have, you know, the big post that would go up. Um, and now they can go live from their phones. So, you know, we had like the pagers with the two-way like texting on them. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, a lot of it is, is very different in that regard. I think pretty much all of it um, is, is the same in that, you know, it's always lots of moving parts and lots of things going on at the same time. Um, and just in general, you know, like I said, my, my whole role is to, um, you know, make sure everybody knows what's going on. And that's kind of the role of, you know, the, the journalist is, you know, you're wanting to, um, to, to help, people, help people know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a lot, um, I've kind of, I've had this conversation with friends that, um, you know, when you're in journalism school, they, they talk a lot about the role of the reporter as the gatekeeper. Um, which kind of has a bad connotation to it. Um, but really, it's not that you are preventing people from knowing things. Um, but it, it used to be that the reporters were the ones who collected all the information and then put it in context so that you could tell people, like, this is the important stuff. This is what you need to care about. This is why this matters, you know, so to help people um, understand which, because, you know, there's so many things going on and so many bits and it's hard to know who to trust and what to trust. 
um, and what's real and what matters. And so that was always the role. And, um, and again, it was treated very seriously, like, like it's a huge responsibility to be able to do that for people. Um, and the way the world works now, there is no more gatekeeper. Anybody can get on Twitter and put anything out there, you know, so. Everybody's um, a reporter, right? Yeah, but you know, the problem is then there's no context. So there's no verification. All you do is say fake news and that's it, you know? And then all of a sudden, you know, nobody has to believe it anymore. Um, and, you know, there's so many facts and so many tidbits and so many stories flying around that it's really hard to know, um, you know, why does this matter? Why does it matter? That kind of thing. And so I think that's a lot of the problems that we have now is that it's just, it's really hard for people to understand. I mean, it's hard for me to understand. I'm not saying like, I'm better than people. It's just it's hard for anybody to understand with all this information out there, how to make heads or tails of it and figure out, you know, the context and what, what matters and, and that kind of thing. So um, I cannot solve politics and, and all the communication problems of the world, um, but I can try to kind of make, you know, what's going on in our little community relevant and matter and, you know, let them know, you know, what's going on, what's important, you know, what does this mean, this, this development that we're doing or this change in, you know, the bond or the sales tax and what, how is that going to matter? How's that going to affect your family's life um, and that kind of thing. So, um, so it's kind of trying to, to figure all that stuff out. So but it's a lot. Again, there's a lot. There's so much information out there. It's it's a hard um, it's a hard time to try and um, do any sort of promotions or communications with people because there are so many channels. And again, to to the whole point of then versus now, um, you know, it used to be everybody sat down at five o'clock and got the news together from one of three channels. Um, and then the next morning you read the newspaper and those were the sources. And so, you know, everybody went to those sources and now everyone is in their own spot. Some people are only on Twitter. Some people are only on Facebook um, and everybody expects you to come to them. So, you know, they get frustrated if the city is not on Instagram because, well, I don't like Facebook. I'm only on Instagram. So, you know, they, they think every, all the news should come to them. So there's a million channels and you kind of have to be all the places because everybody wants you to come to them. Even if you have eight different channels, they want you to be on that ninth one because that's the one that they like. Um, so it's, it's really, you know, it's really hard. And then on all those channels, they're also getting information from everybody and their dog also. So it, it's a lot, it's a lot to try and filter through all of that kind of stuff. So, um, and there again, that's why I, why I was saying about how you really have to pay so much attention to things like your staff and, you know, your, the appearance of your parks, and, you know, all those other little elements that really make a big difference in uh, people's impression of your community and your department. So, so what about, no, that's, that's great. So what about, um, you know, I know a big thing lately, especially the last year, is it's watching all these communities get more active on social media, more active out there, putting out even, I wouldn't say irrelevant videos that I do think irrelevant, but like just videos that are kind of random, maybe doing a trend. What, what kind of advice do you have for those different, you know, major who are listening to this podcast here, trying to get more social media incorporated into their cities, get more things, you know, going into their, to their communities where people see the, you know, for like a big thing for me is I want to see the parks and recreation people as people, right? And we want to be able to feel comfortable to, to go do these things with them. So what kind of advice do you have um, for those professionals to get more social media savvy and, and out there in the community? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I think the most important thing is to know your brand. Um, and, you know, it's, it's hard to kind of, um, I think, 
for people that are not in marketing at all, that sounds kind of overwhelming to be like, oh, you have a brand. Um, you don't have to, you know, go through the whole branding process. I mean, there's, it's really fascinating and really helpful if you can. Um, but there are some few, a few key things that you can really figure out about, you know, what your identity is as, as a department of a personality kind of thing. Um, you know, the easiest example is like the Mac versus a PC. You remember those commercials? Like I'm a Mac, I'm a PC, you know, and that was very clearly, Apple was very clearly saying, we're cool. We're hip. Um, you know, we're not the stuffy guy over here. You know, that's not us. Um, or, you know, if you say like Diet Coke commercials versus Mountain Dew commercials, like they clearly have an identity. They have a very different market. They have a different audience um, and they know who they are and, and that works for their market. Um, so I, I think that's the thing is you have to know, you know, are you a fun department? You know, are you, you know, like everybody thinks they're fun. I know, <laughs> you know, but, um, but I mean, I, I think some, some places, and then a lot of it too depends on your community. You know, if you have a lot of older people that are not going to respond to silly TikToks and whatnot, um, but really want to know about development and news, you know, then you need to know that kind of thing. Um, but you need to know, you know, what, what kinds of things your community cares about and what sort of um, personality you have um, as, as a department and as a city. Um, and then, and then you plan accordingly based on that, because, you know, not TikToks are not going to work everywhere for everybody, you know, or even like, um, you know, talk about like all the, the trending topics, things that are trending on Twitter and whatnot are memes and stuff like that. You know, if you have a community that is older or not as plugged in, or honestly, even if they're mostly just on Facebook and they're not on some of the other platforms, a lot of the memes are going to go right over their head and they're going to think you're crazy. You know, there are people who you could post that the lady screaming at the cat, you know, and, and make your own funny joke and they would love it and it'd be amazing. And then there are people that would be really concerned about the cat. <laughs> so, yeah. so you kind of have to know, you know, who, why is that lady yelling at that cat? That yes, cat? exactly. Exactly. So, um, you know, and, and always, as a city, we always have to be a little bit more careful than a brand would be. You know, Wendy's gets to be real sassy on Twitter um, and that's their aesthetic. Um, but we as a city cannot do that. We have a lot of different rules um, on what we can follow. And, you know, you can't target your audience as specifically as like a Mountain Dew. Um, I mean, you can for a specific event or something, but in general, you cannot. Um, so you have to go a little bit broader with it and be a little bit more careful. But um, but I would say, you know, overall, again, once you figure out kind of what your personality is, um, just try it. I mean, the nice thing about social media, especially, is that it's so temporary. Um, I mean, people forget in a day. And so uh, so you don't have to feel like you have um, like you have to have, you know, months planned out or big, you know, elaborate things going on. You know, it's not even like a add in a magazine where you have to design it six months before it's going to print anything like that. Um, you know, so just, just try little things, see what resonates. Um, you can also go back through like your, um, like your, all of your engagement statistics from the last year or so and see what people liked. Did they like, you know, every time there was a video, did they really respond to that? If you were funny, we, we posted one time on uh, April fool's day that all the parks were closed. Um, and I had a whole like joke about the, the, um, that this, City, the city council had looked at Grand Prairie, our neighbor, um, and found that their grass was so much greener. So we were closing the parks, right. you know, because the grass is greener, right? It was a whole little joke. Um, and in the whole paragraph at the end of it, of course, it said, you know, 
this is an April Fool's joke, the parks are not closed. And I had a graphic of like the map, you know, and it said really big parks closed. And then right underneath it, it said no parks are closed, April Fool's. Um, but it was hilarious because people either loved it or they were so mad. Oh my goodness, there were so many people who did not get it. Um, and then they're like, <laughs> of course, that's so typical of Mansfield. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Um, and then awesome. some of the people at uh, City Hall did not think it was as funny as I thought it was. Oh. So, um, again, I would say you have to know your community and uh, know what's going to work, what's going to go over well, um, and that kind of thing, and, you know, kind of temper it that way. Um, but I think, I mean, I think people want to have fun. What they don't want is another ad. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, no different than if you're opening your mail, you don't want the junk mail that just goes right in the trash. If you're scrolling through and you see the sponsored things, you just keep scrolling through. So um, anytime you can really get people to engage on something that's not promoting you, um, then you're just building that relationship and you're helping your engagement truly like the, the way the algorithms work. You know, the more they interact with all of your posts, the more they'll see all of your posts. And so um, if you can get people to interact on a daily basis, then when you do need to sell them something or get them to sign up for something, they're more likely to see it and they're more likely to have a positive image of you as a department and as a brand. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think you can absolutely see what's trending, see what else is going on, see what other people are, um, are following and just try it. I mean, it can't hurt, you know? Yeah, just know who you are though. Know what you're putting out there. Kind of thing like that a lot. Yeah, unless you say that the parks are all closed and the city manager gets real yeah, mad. Then, yeah, so this is a disclaimer to everyone. Don't do that. I think it's great. I think it's a great idea. It was hilarious, yeah. That's like the perfect example of only headline readers. Like there's somebody out there and it's like, oh my gosh, did you see this headline? I'm like, well, did you read the rest of this? Like you started talking about context, context earlier, right? Like look into it all the way here. Look at the full context, yes, context or something. Yes. Mm -hmm. And people just, you know, they're just headline. That's it. All they see is park clothes. Oh my God, what? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of other people have funny. All right. Well, yeah. we are we are coming up on our time because uh, we were half of our time before, and then we have our tech break, and right. then we have our next half. So uh, I want to ask. Um, we have some some final questions, and then a final word. But will will you ask the music question? I will. I, will, so I knew I you were going to ask today. this. I've listened. And yes. so I knew it was coming. You listened. Mm -hmm. Yes, that is. Yes. Okay, shout out to him because. Doubled our that's perfect. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, so as you as you might have heard, our tradition is spreading. Uh, so what would be your walk-up song or your hype-up song to get you going uh, before you head into Mansfield uh, marketing and communication? Yeah. So I will tell you a story. So um, I'm actually doing the leadership training um, that um, you guys had the guest on a couple weeks oh, ago. Annie, Annie Frazzoli? Yes. Lit. So Everybody's in, Annie. Yeah. So in the packet, there's all these questions about like, what do you like to eat? And do you like lemonade or soda? Like all these random like personality type questions. And one of them was, what's your go-to karaoke song? Um, and the song that I chose was a song that I know all the words to because it's from when I was younger. Um, and it's like sort of funny because it's very not my personality. And so it's, it, you know, it's good at karaoke because everybody's like, oh, my God. Um, and so that's what I, I put down. Um, and then I was listening to your podcast and I heard her say how she asks that because then she plays it when 
she introduces people, which is great because I picked None of Your Business by Salt and Peppa. Literally the first line is if I want to take a guy home with me tonight, it's none of your business. So great. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's That's your brand. You got to have your own your brand. And again, that's why it's a good karaoke song because everybody's like, what is she saying? Uh And so then I heard that on your podcast and I was like, well, great. This is going to be very uncomfortable. Um, So now I'm very nervous about what my walk-up song would be. Um, I mean, it definitely depends on the day. I would say I I probably lean more towards the 90s, you know, probably like a Britney Spears or maybe like Spice Girls kind of thing like that. Um, Some days I need Lizzo. Um, We're huge Taylor Swift. As I said, I have three girls. So um, we're huge Taylor Swift fans. So depending on the day, um, there's an assortment of, <laughs> depending on the day and the mood, you know, sometimes nice. it's a sassy Taylor, sometimes it's a, a happy and love Taylor. So um, I, That's I have the best thing about Taylor. She has so many different places you can go to. I know, right? She's, she is 100% the best. She's a Eclectic great Eclectic is the word. Eclectic is a great yeah. show. Yeah. All right, and that's a big last... word for it. <laughs> okay. Well, I just last... want to say this about Annie. Hold on, I want to say this about Annie. I would say Annie and her karaoke song thing and us and our question are like the chicken and the egg. And we won't say who came first as far as <laughs> asking people for their walk-up song, but I would think that we're more like the chicken in the situation. Right. And you can just kind of check that for yourself. You can you can let Annie know that she's welcome that we inspired her <laughs> to do that. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I suppose you would have said that, that they were going to play that song somewhere. <laughs> I would have picked a song. <laughs> uh, okay, so I, I want to get to the last word, and I like to leave our guests with, like, if you were able to speak to all Parks and Rec people about your the, the thing that you are the specialist in, that's marketing communication, mm-hmm. what are you going to boil it down to? You get to say, hey, this is important. We all have to work on this and think about Your elevator pitch. Yeah. Oh, well, my elevator pitch is very different. Um, whew, this is a lot of pressure here. So I think if there was one thing I would want everyone to know um, as far as what they need to do with their marketing and communications, um, it's just to remember why they're here. Um, and I think for most people that I have met in Parks and Recreation, it's to make people's lives better. Um, and, and as I said at the beginning, I mean, parks are fun. It's truly the best department to be in, um, in this city because it is, it's so much fun and it brings people joy and, um, you know, they're not, they're not having all of the, um, negative experiences that they might have in other departments. Pretty much nobody gets mad at parks. Um, and you know, it's, it's where people come together. It's, you know, where people spend time together, they work out together, they, spend time with themselves, you know, it's, um, it's such a huge part of people's lives and people's memories, like their family memories, um, and just their daily life that, um, I mean, it's such an incredible honor to get to do that. And so I think you just want to remember that in everything that you do that, you know, people are coming to you to have fun, they're coming to you to make memories. And so how can you, you know, tap into that? How can you, capitalize on that and how can you keep that going you know I mean I I showed you guys all the random things that we that we do and um, that's a huge part of of my um, mission in this in my particular role is just to remind people how much fun we are having and how much fun they can have with us so um, I mean I think you just want to you want to think about 
all those things of why you're here and what good you can do and, um, and just share that, you know, you don't have to, it, it's, I think it's really overwhelming for people. Um, there are so many people in parks and recreation responsible for the marketing of their department that have zero experience in marketing. Um, and while I will absolutely advocate that it's a science way more than it is an art, um, you also don't have to be a scientist to do a really great job at it. All you have to do is just keep doing what you're already doing of, you know, building those bonds with your residents and, uh, you know, building that community relationship and um, helping people remember why they love you so much um, and just have fun with it. Um, I mean, people don't have super high expectations, um, especially if you're just looking at social media stuff. Um, there's actually a whole other tangent we could go on, but the people respond better to authentic photos. So they will respond better to a photo taken on somebody's iPhone with terrible lighting than they will to a professionally shot photo. Um, and uh, because you know they want that authenticity. So you don't have to feel like you have to have all the equipment and all the training and all the planning and all the, um, you know, there's plenty of platforms you could get to schedule your things and you know, all the design and whatnot. Um, you know, just keep doing what you're doing and, and tell people about it. Just tell people the story. You know, you want to tell them what's going on and, um, and what, what's happening in their city. Because, again, people love parks, so they want to know more about it. They want to know about your staff. They want to know about developments. They want to know about fun things that are going on. They want to know about the random possum that got stuck in a trash can clinging to a Whataburger cup. <laughs> so, uh, you know, they, they like, they like the fun and the random stuff. So just, just start and just see how it goes. But, um, I would just say, don't get over overwhelmed. Um, just have fun with it and, and keep going. Perfect. Authenticity is a theme we've had a lot of times in this podcast. So keep it going. Absolutely. For sure. All right. And thank you for joining us today and giving up some of your afternoon. Absolutely. No problem. It was fun. All right. We'll see you later. Bye.